This episode of the podcast is going to be very different. This is still going to be a truck driver's story. However, this is going to focus about the lifestyle. This isn't going to focus on a particular event, but on the year as a whole, what I went through, and the entire lifestyle change that sh- that came as a complete surprise to me. All right. Before I start with these stories, first off, huge shout out to everyone who's been listening. Honestly, you guys are the greatest. I've been getting good recommendations. This podcast is actually popping off and I couldn't be happier about that. The end result, very positive experiences. I've had people messaging me about things that I've talked about. And honestly, that's what I wanted. It's great. Uh, just wanted to bring that in there before I start with um, what's essentially a guide. This is gonna be a guide to your life OTR. I'm gonna say this. Um, not in my own particular way. I'm not going to ignore that. Um, I'm going to say this more as a guide to those who are thinking of either being in the industry starting off or those who are already in there and, you know, just going to be relatable for you guys. First things first, if you want to live an active lifestyle, good luck doing that in the trucking industry because since you are OTR, you are going to be sitting down for a minimum of 11 hours every single day. And that's a bare minimum, bare bones, because you'll be getting up, walking around a bit, but not exactly. It does take a toll on your overall health. I hate to admit this, but I gained about 30 pounds when I worked in that year. This is entirely trucker weight, honestly. I'm still shaving it off. Luckily, I've gotten pretty down low. It's not bad. It's, um, let's say 30 pounds lost. And I'm still gonna lose a bit more. Because I'm on this diet, exercise routine, and so forth. I'm no longer OTR, those of you who know, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it in every other podcast. It's the first time I'm gonna... Hopefully that is the only time that I will be mentioning in this podcast. I do have a bullet point here. Uh, usually when I do these episodes, I have an entire bullet point list, and I do go off of them, every single one of them. This one in particular is very, very long. Not for any particular reason, mainly because... The life of an OTR truck driver when you're constantly on the road 24-7 is fatiguing, to say the least. But you get used to it and you realize how much things you took for granted when you get home. A clean shower is one of them. That's one of the main topics um, that I wrote down here. Truck stop showers. You have to pay for those. Those are minimum... $12. Every time you go in for a shower, imagine paying $12 every day to, for a nice warm shower, and then you gotta wait in line. Uh, if you're unlucky, you'll be 20th in line because some of these truck stops are massive. And I mean huge. I'm talking 15 showers for 400 drivers. A bit of an uneven ratio there, and as a result, you will be having to wait quite a bit of time, even after you've paid. And not only that, when they're done with the showers, they clean them off. That's the thing that people don't understand. They do clean those showers, just not very thoroughly sometimes. I've had showers where I'm walking in other people's, um, other people's hair, and that's a big faux pas for me, I don't know. A lot of these people, when they do shower, it's after a week or two, or if you're like me, you try to do it every day, but it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you can't find a truck stop, Bring, bringing me to my next point truck stops they are going to be the life force 
your blood, your, your bread and butter, they are going to be your home OTR. Because when you do stop, you're not going to be stopping just anywhere. Sometimes you have no choice but to pull over on the side of the road because you run out of hours. You have a set amount of hours that you're allowed to use. And if you are pulled over and you used all those hours, you'll get a huge ticket and some people will just, they'll be forced off the road, they'll be, um, they'll be stopped. It's, um, it's one of the unfortunate side effects of working in an industry that's heavily regulated. But it's not the worst. I mean, I always had luck finding truck stops. Not in every state. California, they're really regulated. They're very far and few between. But they're still there. A lot of the major truck stops you'll be stopping at um, will be either Pilot or Flying J, depending on what part of the, um, the U.S. you're in. Loves, which is one of the main ones. Everyone loves stopping there. Loves has this thing where if you fuel up there, you get a free shower. A lot of people take advantage of that. Pilot does have the same thing, as well as TA, which is not as good on the reward system for their points. It's really janky. It sometimes doesn't work. I've had unfortunate situations where I'll fill up 200 or 150 gallons of diesel, and it doesn't go recorded, so I didn't get a free shower, and I had to pay for it. Kind of annoying, but not a big deal. The thing is, OTR life, you're gonna be spending a lot of money. It's really hard to save money when you're out there. And I'm a prime example, because when I came home after that year, I had maybe $1,000 in the bank. That's because a lot of the times I had to spend it on bills or food, just living, you know? And it's really expensive and the truck's driving stops. Um, the funny part is, I mentioned Pilot, Flying J, Loves, and TA. But the thing is, they all differ slightly. Pilot and Flying J, they have good food, but they don't have a lot of parking. They do have a good reward system for the showers. Good for them. I appreciate that. Loves has the best reward system out of all of them because you get huge discounts on things that you actually need to buy over the road. TA, their reward system, as I mentioned before, is janky. It doesn't work that well, but they will always have parking. They are massive. They are really good with parking. And any place really with truck parking will be your best friend OTR because when you're low or running out of hours, you're going to need to stop there for the night at the minimum 10 hours. Uh, so your clock resets and you keep going unless you're doing a 34 hour reset, which is after your hours are completely drained. It's basically the quote unquote weekend of the truck driver, which is just a day and a half off and rest areas. This is a last resort for me, but there are places um, out of state where you could stop at a rest area and you could just sleep there. And that's that's fine, because when you're in a truck, you got that massive sleeper and you got nothing else. The only problem is, not every rest area has clean bathrooms, food, access to showers, and when you have to stop there for the night, you're gonna be a sweaty, disgusting mess in that truck because there's no showers there, unless you wanna shower with a, with a wet wipe. Ugh, wet wipe showers. I do not miss wet wipe showers, let me tell you. There are some things in life that I would not wish upon my worst enemies. Um, one of them is having a wet wipe shower because you're just cleaning yourself with a wet rag. And wet wipes are surprisingly sparse nowadays because everyone uses them for different reasons. Um, some, some truck drivers I know use them to wipe their ass and ill, but you do what you gotta do out there, man. That's just part of the life out there. I should mention one thing about rest areas is that not all of them will let you sleep there. However, I'll admit to it I've been to places where there are signs that say, do not rest here overnight. 
and I rested overnight. I didn't get a ticket for it. Most state um, officials don't really give a shit. I mean, where else are you gonna go? You're out of hours. Surprisingly, um, bringing my next topic up was kind of weird because I remember having to have dry foods in the truck, food storage, uh, dry canned goods. Uh, fridges are optional if you do have canned goods, but they're, they're more important because you get higher quality foods further out. Most healthier stuff has to be refrigerated. And if you want to eat healthy over the road, first of all, good fucking luck. Um, no, really, good luck, because that stuff is harder for me. When I was driving OTR, I did not have a mini fridge. I had one that would connect directly to the battery's power. So if the truck was turned off, most likely my fridge was going to go out. Yeah, it sucked. Um, I remember once, <laughs> little story here. Um, I had some eggs. Uh, not a dozen, I had six hard-boiled eggs, the ones you could buy at the truck stop for like eight bucks. They were good, I mean, give you the farts really bad. It's kind of embarrassing to admit, but that's just how it is. But I remember once my fridge went out and the only way I could tell that it went out is because the eggs pretty much went bad overnight and I woke up to the smell of noxious eggs. I had to throw them out, it was fucking embarrassing. The entire sleeper berth had to be aired out, like I opened all the windows and I just, while I was driving, it just aired out a bit. Whew, it was wild. Storage really varies depending on the sleeper size. The sleeper berth is where you're actually sleeping in the truck. I've had two trucks in my truck driving career. One of them, it had two beds, so I had very, like, a large amount of space to store numerous amounts of food. That wasn't the problem. It was when I had a smaller sleeper berth that was only half a bed. I couldn't even stand up in the damn truck. My back was always hurting. It was hell. Luckily, in that specific company, which I will not name, I did not last too long, I won't lie, because the pay is, eh. I mean, I got like $300 for a week worth of work. And that's the company that I went to sleep in the desert over because they couldn't get me out on time. But you know, whatever, that's what happens. And most importantly for all truck drivers, Water is vital. Water is your friend. Store one, two, three gallons. Doesn't matter how much space you have. You gotta keep that shit on hand. While I was in the desert, I had half a bottle of water. Yeah, speaks for itself, doesn't it? Not a good idea, not a good situation to be in. You wanna avoid that at all costs. Water is vital. Keep a gallon of that shit on you at all times. And a lot of the truck drivers, aside from water, they have an energy drink addiction um, and coffee, you know, caffeine. You gotta get that caffeine in you. I personally developed a really bad energy drink habit. When I was OTR, I was drinking three or four bangs uh, a day. I always told my friends, nah, it's just two, it's not that much. I, I lied. I mean, that shit is super addictive. You got nothing else but time. You're driving for 11 hours, just take a sip, it's not bad. A few hours later, you don't realize that you're, um, you're on your third can. It's not, it's not as bad as other habits that some truck drivers have, but more on that later. I do appreciate how every truck stop I've been to has really good coffee. Mm. They're not all the best. Some of them are okay. Some of them are subpar, but it's coffee. You know, who doesn't like a good cup of coffee? And speaking of energy drinks and coffee, you would usually be buying these at truck stops and I'm pretty sure anyone who's ever stopped at a truck stop on a road trip or anything knows the price of food at truck stops is surprisingly high because they know you have the money and they know you have nowhere else to go. 
and it's convenient. That's pretty much it. The price of food should not be that expensive at truck stops, but it is what it is. That's one of the things you're going to deal with. Get over it. <laughs> I mean, I remember $8 for a salad and none of the vegetables were fresh. The chicken was stale. I mean, but who am I to complain? I'm a starving truck driver in the middle of a state I've never been to. Surrounded by people I don't know. Unable to talk to anyone for days on end. That's just how it is. The only people I could talk to is the broker, and honestly, I didn't want to talk to that fucker. It really depends. And that's, um, that's one of the things, too, that I didn't bring in my notes, but that's one thing I do remember about OTR. A good dispatcher can make or break the career, I swear to God. If you have a good dispatcher, good on you. You're going to get good loads. You're going to get a lot of money. If you have a bad one, you'll probably be sitting for more than you're driving. And if you do that, you're going to be in the situation I was in with a certain company I will not name, but I really fucking want to. Like, I'm struggling to, for, to fight the, the urge. They can't really do anything now. I doubt they're going to hear this, but if they do, I, I wouldn't want them to be like, hey, we treated you better. Like, Because every company had their ups and downs. That's just how work is, you know? Aside from truck stops, there are certain Walmarts, I'm not sure if here in California there's a whole bunch that you could stop at, but Walmarts in other states have a surprising amount of parking space for trucks. Some of them will let you stay there overnight. And if you do, honestly, it's vital that you go in there and you shop. You buy yourself a George Foreman grill, you get yourself some meat, you get yourself some batteries, um, you get yourself anything, really. It's vital for you to survive out there because a lot of days you won't um, you won't see a truck stop that has the things you need. Uh, me, personally, I was really upkeep on hygiene, which I noticed a lot of truck drivers weren't, but more power to them, I guess. I was always looking for shampoos, soaps, um, toothpaste. One of the big ones that I couldn't find much was, what was the word, what was the word? Floss. Couldn't find a lot of floss and um, my teeth were disgusting. But luckily, I would find some every now and then, and it was like finding fucking gold, dude. I loved it. And wet wipes too, you had to buy those, because sometimes you don't, I mean, you don't have running water in the truck, period. Unless you have a really, really, really pimped out sleeper berth, and you got a, you got a whole bathroom in there. I've seen some truck drivers who are OTR um, owner ops, and they have the really, best sleepers like those are thousands of dollars you might as well buy an actual house at that point you're basically living in an rv that you can drive which is just an rv what the fuck <laughs> i guess while you're stopping at a walmart or a truck stop i actually did this beforehand once i had, did have to stop at a walmart i went in there and i did what was called catastrophe preparate, uh, preparation which a lot of people like i never want to be in a situation where i have to start a fire just to stay warm but just in case, bring a lighter and some first aid kits. I say some because you get hurt a lot over the road. It might not be a huge crash like people are expecting. Sometimes it's little things. Well, like when you're lowering the landing gear on a trailer and something snaps or it springs forward and you bruise a hand or you cut open something. Sometimes you just need to patch it up real quick. And you do not want that shit to get infected when you're OTR. So get yourself some rubbing alcohol, which is really important. Bandages, gauze wraps. Stuff that you really need. Stuff that you think you wouldn't need, but when the time comes, you do end up needing it. I did do that a lot. I over-prepared because I'm kind of a, I'm a nervous wreck, really, when it came to being OTR. And it did pay off because I had one occasion where I had landing gear in a trailer, which is the little legs that keep it up when the, tr when the trucks aren't attached. 
Um, I had it spring back, swing upwards, and bruise, like hit my arm as hard as possible. I left a massive bruise, and I think I damaged the bone at that point. But I patched it up with some Biofreeze, and it was really, really useful to have there. Biofreeze is expensive, but it'll cure you pretty good. It's um, honestly better than rubbing alcohol on some occasions. Another, another thing a truck driver will deal with a lot over the, um, over the road, or in some cases local, but mostly over the road. Paperwork is easy, but it's very numerous. You have to keep track of that. It's very important because if you miss one paper, one BOL it's called, bill of lading, um, it could ruin the entire shipment. It's honestly horrible. I've had shipments denied because I had the BOL crumpled up and it was unreadable, unscannable, or I had uh, coffee stains on it. One of them completely flew out the window, and I just, I had to give up at that point. I was like, the BOL is missing, and the broker chewed my ear off. He was pissed. He was angry. But then he just faxed them another one. So I guess it was completely pointless, but keep that stuff on you. It's really important. It does change based on company, and every company is different. I had a more modern company because they had logbooks and uh, ebooks which are, they're kind of cool. It's, it's one of the things that people debate about a lot in the trucking industry. Should you carry a logbook? Yes, very important, regardless of what you have. And then there's electronic logbooks, which they're good. They make, it, they make tracking easier, but for, for the OTR guys who don't like to follow the rules all that much, it's very hard to bend the rules when you got an ebook. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I ain't gonna go into detail further in case anyone goes out there and is accusing me of doing things, you know? I never really broke the rules when I was OTR. I try to keep things clean. This new chair squeaks a lot, I hate that. But one of the big debates is logbooks versus regular ebooks. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I prefer logbooks. Um, if someone I'm driving with isn't exactly honest or ebooks if I'm driving on my own because I can trust myself and I know how to take care of my own damn time. Very important to manage your time when you're driving OTR because every hour is vital and if you start running out of time to drive then you got to get your ass to a truck stop tell the broker hey I got to stop somewhere or just do it because they understand a lot of the time if you're working with someone who knows that you got to stop somewhere you know I'm saying broker and dispatcher a lot the thing is they're very different I should go into detail about that see I'm getting the two mixed but you really shouldn't. The thing is, what I meant the entire time was a dispatcher, which is different, because the dispatcher is gonna be the guy who gives you the, the paperwork, the address, tells you to do this and that. He's the one, when I was working with a company anyway, he's the one who'll tell you, okay, you gotta go here, and you gotta pick this up. However, you need an empty trailer in order to go in and swap it out. Uh, that's, that's pretty much what I meant. And speaking of dispatchers, every company has their own different rules. One of them was very surprising to me because I was driving really, really quick and this was Wyoming. Wyoming's a good state. They got trucking rules that are very lenient. You can go really fast there. However, the company actually called me up while I was driving once and they told me I need to slow down because I was going 75 miles an hour in a big rig and they told me the company policy says you can't go more than 70 miles an hour. And it's like, first off, this is the first time I'm fucking hearing this. Why did you wait until now? Because I just broke the damn rule. You know how I feel about breaking rules. 
Yeah, it wasn't a pleasant conversation. When I was driving OTR, I would always, it was yelling constantly, just back and forth, screaming at each other. That was my daily interaction. So you could tell I was a bitter person at the time. It was not healthy. One of the interesting mechanics in a, in a truck, if you're driving for one of the major companies, is that they have this thing called a governor. If you don't know what that is, it's essentially an internal computing system that does not allow the truck to drive over a certain speed limit. My governor was set at 65 miles per hour, which was not bad. In a lot of states, it's pretty quick. Until you drive in Texas, where the speed limit for trucks is 80 miles an hour, so I was pretty damn slow. I was essentially a road hazard at that point. It was, um, it was fun to go that fast when I was in California, but it was an entirely different story if I left the state where the speed limit's usually faster. Surprisingly, in other states, truck speed limits are way higher. California has the lowest one, so be thankful that they're not that, that fast here because it's kind of dangerous. I was mentioning, what's the word? I was mentioning truck stops earlier, and one thing I forgot to mention is washing your clothes at truck stops. Very far and few in between. I've never had a problem doing it. The machines are usually really clean. However, you do have to have your own detergent, which is another thing that's gonna eat into your budget. Um, for me, around every week, I was spending about $300 on food, general goods, clothing, and laundry detergent, which is shockingly expensive out there. Luckily, the company I was working with, if I stopped in Arizona in a certain location, I got an entire gallon of the stuff for free, so. Shout out to them for doing that, and it was good shit too, that's what I liked about it. <laughs> so yeah, as mentioned before, I was spending about $350 every week. Um, because everything costs far more if you're an OTR driver. The budgeting is entirely optional though, because a lot of people will make enough money where that they can just buy whatever they want. And honestly, good for you. Because at some point in my truck driving career, I was doing quite a bit, pretty damn well. I wasn't saving up a lot because my dumbass was still going to Vegas, going to other states, buying souvenirs and just buying things for myself. I wasn't spending money um, fruit, uh, frivolously, I guess is the word. I was just spending it everywhere, um, mainly on food, which every time I stopped at a Denny's, everyone knows that that's my kryptonite. I would spend at least $25 there on myself um, because you boys gotta have those pancakes. You know, it's funny, I was mentioning Denny's like it's the magnum opus of food but i gotta tell you right now right now any truck driver out there if you're driving through oregon and there's a place in cottage grove off the i-5 that's called the vintage inn restaurant if you stop there ask for the ask for the what's the call what's it called you know my mouth is watering just thinking about the meals i've had there because they say that they have the award-winning meatloaf and they fucking mean it that stuff was amazing I've only ever stopped there twice, but every time I did, it was a pleasant experience, and honestly, you guys were the best. Like, I, I love you guys. I would actually go back there. If I'm ever doing a road trip, I'm gonna go back there, and I'm just gonna pop in for a quick meal. That's the, that's one of the things I just wanted to shout out there, you know? Shout out to, what's it called again? The Vintage Inn Restaurant. I always forget the name, because there's so many restaurants when you're an OTR driver that you stop in, just because you want that homebody experience that you don't get OTR. You want to stop there, you want to have your warm coffee, your nice warm meal, and you want to have a nice waitress give it to you. Because sometimes you'll be going days on end without talking to anyone. That's exactly what I did. It's kind of sad really, now that I think about it. 
The life of a truck driver, this isn't in the notes by the way, the life of a truck driver gets incredibly lonely. Like, I'll, I'll admit it. I've had some nights where I've cried, OTR. I just missed my family, I missed my home. This is coming from a real dark place. Um, it, it gets fucking sad out there because you'll be going for long periods of time without talking to anyone. And the best part for me, if, at the very least, out of all of that that I just said, was that I had good friends. Like, I had friends that I could always call up and they'd be there in a heartbeat. They'd pick up the phone and go, hey man, how you been? Where you at? And that made all the difference. So if you're a truck driver or you're planning on being one, get yourself some good old fashioned friends, you know? Get their number, call them every now and then. It's, um, it really makes a difference on the road because you miss that human interaction. You're almost like a cog in a machine when you're out there because you just keep working and working. And it's hard. I'm sitting here mentioning the Vintage Inn restaurant and I'm remembering that we stopped there on a whim. The first time I went there was actually in that trip to Oregon, which I should have mentioned in the other podcast, but I'm mentioning it now. So, you know, whatever. Um, it was a desperate measure, which sometimes does not pay off in the trucking industry. Sometimes you'll get... Um, a highway patrol officer knocking on your door saying you gotta move and it's never pleasant when you can't because you're out of hours um, however desperate measures in parking um, are very common because sometimes there's no parking space anywhere in any truck stop you've been to and that's when it gets stressful that that at the end of the day that's not even part of the job that's just part of being in the truck because you have a massive fucking 80,000 pound load or you're 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 in a massive steel vehicle and you got to get that thing off the road because it's a it's a health hazard to anyone driving if you just stop on the side of the road however you can do that i don't recommend it i would rather park in the desert somewhere which which i did that's why i ended up sleeping there but it sucks because every now and then i'll see a truck driver parked on the side of the road with his four ways on which is a four-way flashers um that lets people know that in you know, it's a hazard light, basically. That's the word, the technical term. I'm using the trucker terms, but I should really just use the regular ones. I see that, and I remember this trick that an old truck driver taught me where he says, you just do that, turn on your hazards, and the cops will leave you alone because they think you're just broken down somewhere. But in a desperate enough measure, you do that, and you'll be left alone for 10 hours. And if they suspect anything, get out and open the hood, which eats into your sleep schedule, but... That's a story for another day, honestly. I met a lot of people OTR, now that I think about it. I really should talk about them. Uh, but honestly, I'm terrible with names, so I forgot like half of them. So I was going to mention this as a key point in truck stop living, but I think this applies everywhere. And that's that unhealthy food is always way cheaper than healthy food, but it's like 10 times more when you're a truck driver OTR because every food item it's just delicious or either full of salt full of sugar it's gonna drastically decrease your lifespan and it sucks um, I would normally do when I was a truck driver and I had to stop for a 34-hour reset I would normally get what's called a kombucha which really cleans out your, um, your stomach really helps you out with that um, and I think that's one of the reasons that I gained 30 pounds instead of 40 or 50 I was expecting to gain a lot more. In fact, I was really chubby when I got home. Uh, very noticeable with my family. It's kind of funny now that I think about it. Um, 
because I look back at it and I look at old pictures and I think, I know when I was a truck driver because I could tell by how fat I was. Simple as that. Putting it bluntly, really. Oh, um, speaking of truck stops, there's, um, there's a large number of them out there. And, uh, gonna get close to the mic here. If you're not able to get to one of the major truck stops, and you're at a small, sketchy truck stop, all I have is, oh, some word of advice. Watch your back, lock your doors, and just sleep there. Wait until morning. Sometimes there's some horror stories about truck stops that are really small and sketchy. Um, I remember once I heard a person who stopped at a truck stop where no one wanted to stop for no reason. Uh, this was in the days of paper logs, back when no one had cell phones and stuff. He stopped there. And there was no one else parked there. He didn't know why. They had diesel and good food, but the cashier was a bit weird looking. And the thing is, not every truck stops 24 hours. Sometimes they do close, especially if they're small mom and pop ones. Well, this guy was there after closing hours, but he was able to get a truck, um, his truck parked, which wasn't that bad for him. However, he was disturbed at night from, from a crackhead, unfortunately. And it was really disturbing to him because he didn't, he didn't expect to hear anyone because this was in the middle of fucking nowhere. He was surrounded by trees in a desolate truck stop with no one inside, no cell phone, and nothing to, uh, to defend himself with, which honestly, he should have watched his back. Luckily, he did not get out of the truck and those locks are really secure, um, but I never want to be in that situation and I never was, thankfully, because I followed my own rules, which I did not, I didn't, write them down or anything like obviously I didn't know what I was doing but I would always speak to people more experienced for me um, and they have some good advice one of them just straight up said just carry a gun I wish I could but I don't know I have I have this weird uh, mentality about owning a gun I wouldn't own one myself um, at least at least not illegally which it was what he was recommending that's why I don't mention names. You could see why. A lot of stuff in the trucking industry um, does get a bit sketchy. A lot of times it gets really sketchy. But that's just part of the business, baby. However, I did notice one trend that it occurred to me every day when I was out there. This wasn't something that I, that was in the back of my mind um, as, a, as a sub thought or something. I was very aware of how young I was out there. Every single person I knew was at least 40 or 45, or a lot of them were in their 60s, already retired, and they just wanted to do something. I was very young in the trucking industry, and unfortunately, that led to some awkward encounters with people who were like, how much? I'm not gonna go into detail on what that means. If you know, you know. And I was so fucking disturbed, because I'm far away from home, no way to defend myself. The most I had was a hammer, but I'm not gonna use that on an old person who just tried to prostitute me. It was really, really awkward. <laughs> I get chills just thinking about it. I had another old guy who was really drunk at a bar once. Um, it wasn't really a bar, it was more of a barbecue steakhouse kind of place up in, uh, up in Montana. And we eventually became good friends, but um, one of the things he said stood out to me like crazy when he was really drunk, he looked at me and he just kept staring. Really massive guy too, huge guy. He looked at his friend and out loud he said, I might just fuck this kid. And I was like, huh? You know, I'm just sitting here trying to eat my barbecue, man. What's, what the fuck was that? 
Now, that's one thing I dealt with. However, um, if you're thinking of being in the industry and you happen to be a woman, a young woman specifically, I, I'm not going to say reconsider, but understand that truck driving is primarily an older man's world. It's, oh my god, I feel bad for the truck drivers I knew that were women because they had to deal with a lot of um, rude comments directed towards them. A lot of guys would like catcall them and everything. A lot more of them would deal with the, um, the I guess what's called the stairs, where they're just kind of um, like they'll, they'll be walking to the truck stop, and a lot of truck drivers will just be eyeballing them, and they'll do this thing where they flash the lights of the truck, and that indicates that if you're a prostitute, head towards them. That's what it's saying. It's um, it's unfortunate too because I met a woman in Colorado who was just so sick of it. This was during the time of the um, Black Lives Matter protests around Colorado when they were getting crazy. And unfortunately, I had a load that went right past the police station, so I was front and center during all that. During the worst case of it, um, I had a guy who threw, um, he threw a brick at my truck and he hit the cab, but I just kept driving because it's a massive steel truck. I'm, I'll be fine, you know? But she was really worried about it. I was actually given the load she was getting because she said, I'm a woman in a man's world I'm, I'm defenseless out here and honestly I took pity on her so what I did at the time was I, I used to carry this pepper spray with me I handed it to her and I told her hey just you know use it if you have to I understand I feel really I feel good that I helped her out but it's just such a tiny thing that I did you know but it's the little things in life that that matter it's, it's really important to look out for the people around you because you never know what they're going through and I just knew she was going through a bad time. So I thought, yeah, here, it's the least I could do, bare minimum. And it, was, it wasn't it was that bad, honestly. It was. Um, it could have been much worse. I mean, I drove by a massive fire, but that's a story for another day. Slightly off topic, I'm currently growing out my hair. Uh, anyone who knows me in person has noticed that. But a lot of truck drivers also, <laughs> they, um, they'll have long hair, but not because they want to. Haircuts are far and few in between. Like I've seen maybe three barber shops at a truck stop. And for a lot of those people, they don't have anywhere else to get their haircut. Me personally, the one time I got my haircut OTR was in Cheyenne, Wyoming at the pilot there. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, you know the place. It's actually really far away from, from any barber. I had to take an Uber from there, which cost me a, a decent amount because I had to go pretty far. And then I still had to pay for the haircut. They knew I was from out of town right away because of the... Uh, what's the word the way I talk something I mentioned before is uh, the way people talk in different states and right away they knew I wasn't from there it's kind of cool actually but it was nice uh, I don't remember where it was at if I do remember later I'll I'll mention in the podcast just to give them a shout out because they were worth it best haircut I've ever gotten in Cheyenne Wyoming also the only one but you know it doesn't matter that's neither here nor there but uh, one of the things that is written here that it's kind of hard to talk about because not everyone goes through it, but you tend to get a lot of sun damaged skin, especially specifically on your left arm. When you're driving, it'll be on your left arm where sometimes you'll just have it hanging there out of the cab or even inside. The sun will constantly be hitting you depending on where you're driving. If you're lucky, it won't hit you at all. But if you're unlucky, you'll be driving the same direction for a long time and the sun will just be glaring and burning your skin. You don't notice it right away until maybe a few weeks later when one side of your body is actually a different color than the rest. 
um, unfortunately, a lot of truck drivers do end up getting a skin cancer from that, and it cuts their life drastically short. So, I never, I never experienced that myself. I did notice a color change, but I never got cancer, and I actually got tested for it. So, yeah. If you're a truck driver OTR, um, be sure to get a regular cancer checkup, honestly, because you just, you just never know. One thing I have written in my bullet points is I've actually been talking a lot about the sleeper berth, but I never go in depth. I've never actually recorded the inside of a sleeper berth. I once had my cousin in my sleeper berth, but it was a huge mess. But the sleeper berth is going to be where you're spending a majority of your nights, uh, if not all of them. Maybe one night out of the entire year, I slept in a hotel in uh, Phoenix, Arizona because my truck was being worked on. It was really nice. I recorded a video of myself eating shaving cream. Uh, just had a burp there. I'll probably post that video of me eating shaving cream on my Snapchat or my Instagram someday uh, just so people have a good laugh at it. That's what I did it for. But really, in the sleeper berth, you have this thing called a bunk heater or a cooler. And it's very important that you get one that's really high powered or one with a lot of battery capabilities because you will be using that either to charge your phone or you'll be using it for any other electronic devices. I had people who hooked up TVs into their truck and they had satellite TV and everything. You can get satellite TV in a sleeper berth. It's really cool when you do that to go watch TV or if you have the TV hooked up, you can plug in a PS4 in that thing. PS5 now, I'm a little out of date, you could tell. It is battery operated, but that battery is directly connected to the um, to the truck, which when the truck is driving, it will charge the battery and it'll actually have a really high capability, um, like really high charging capability. It's really good for, um, for anything really. Anything that's powered by electricity can be powered by a bunk heater or a cooler um, mechanism. It's one of the things that I, appreciate the most about the truck because when I was frozen on the when I was stuck in ice on the I-80 that's one of the things that kept me warm if that gave out I would have been fucked um, luckily I wasn't I'm here today telling my story and that's one of my favorite things about that shout out to whoever the hell created bunk heaters because before that I know it was just sleeping in the truck and it was uncomfortable as hell I don't know who created bunk heaters you know what fuck it I'm gonna google this Googling who created bunk heaters. You can hear it on the podcast, can't you? Damn, I don't get a yeah, I don't I don't get a straight result, but Google it later. It's um someone, I don't know. <laughs> Whoever made them, thank you. Um obviously you're probably long dead now because trucks have been around forever. Um but yeah, thank you, man. You're the greatest. Having said that, a bunk heater is important. However, the truck itself has to function really well. And unlike a car when you're driving it on the road, you know, every now and then you'll have a car issue and you got to pull over on the side of the road. You got to fix it, call a mechanic. It's very easy for a regular car to just call a mechanic. However, truck failure is way bigger trouble if you're a truck driver, especially if you're an OTR truck driver, because you could be stranded in the middle of nowhere with no access to cell phone coverage, you'll be lucky if you get cell phone coverage, especially with some of the places I've driven. Um, it's not it's not pleasant, 
because I've had times where I had to be towed out of certain areas because my truck stopped working or it got stuck. And tow trucking companies for a truck have to have a special truck that will haul it out because these are heavy pieces of equipment. And when you have a load, they're even heavier. Regularly, you'll have, um, you'll have people on the side of the road that you'll see that are legitimately stuck and they'll be waving people down. It really depends on where you're at. When I was driving through Utah near Salt Lake City going west from Salt Lake City, there's a massive dead spot, but it's also covered in salt. One day I wanna go back there because it's really pretty. It's just nothing but salt for miles. However, when the wind does pick up, you will be knocked over. You will absolutely face the full wrath of nature when a massive truck is being hit by wind, there is no stopping the sliding left and right, the fishtailing, that's what it's called. When you see a truck driver in just high winds and his trailer's moving left and right, back the fuck up, give him some space because that man's either about to crash or he's gonna have to restabilize the truck, which takes a lot of effort, especially for a truck driver. Shout out to those guys who have to deal with that on the daily. I don't know how the fuck you could be a truck driver in Salt Lake City with all that wind. I'm never fucking doing that again. You couldn't pay me enough for that, honestly. Um, because I have a story about that. This is another thing. I don't have this man's name in my memory, but I do remember talking to him in Arizona. He was telling me about the time where he was there in the one stretch of road right there in outside of Salt Lake City. He unfortunately flipped over and it was bad. They got it on video. I think it's on YouTube somewhere now. Uh, I spoke to that man and when they found him after he crashed, he was knocked unconscious. He was covered in broken glass. It was a massive, it was a big mess. The truck was completely totaled. It was a devastating crash. It was something that I would never want to go through. And I almost had to because I was driving through there during high wind. Luckily, I had a decent amount of weight on my trailer, which actually does help. If you're empty and you're going through somewhere with high wind, just pull over. Like, don't even bother with high wind. High wind will kill you. It will kill you, it'll stab you, it'll rape your mother. Okay, yeah, I'm, go I'm going off topic, but I fucking hate high wind truck driving. How do you do that? I'm actually yelling here, fuck man. Um, <laughs> I wish I had that guy's name. I, I should have kept his number. I, I don't remember who he was, but hearing all that, seeing all the scars he had, and he was just so chill about it. He was like, yeah, it happened to me. It happens to all of us. Um, I, that, that's that's the words he said I'm shocked now that I look back at it because when I was OTR if someone flipped a bitch if someone got stuck someone snapped their lines and their brakes locked up and they caused a huge accident just another day for us just massive massive pieces of steel fucking your your tire blows off fucking crashes into someone's windshield and they die mm, another day that's how it was OTR OTR, it is not for the faint of heart. I'm gonna tell you that right now. If you don't have brass balls, develop them because you're gonna need them if you're gonna be in this industry, <laughs> especially OTR. I'm laughing a bit because I'm, it's just ludicrous how much shit I've been through um, in this industry. I have a few more notes. This podcast is almost over. It's actually running over my 30 minute mark because there's so much to talk about. I probably should have started with the pre-trip inspection. I know a lot of truck drivers who just kind of wing it and good on them. Uh, I was not the kind of person who would wing a pre-trip inspection. Essentially what it is, is when you wake up and you're about to start working, you cannot move the truck 
until you've gone around, checked every wheel, check every light, check your gauges, make sure your truck has enough air to actually um, deactivate the brakes, otherwise you'll just be stuck there, and make sure everything is exactly as it should be. Usually it takes like five or 10 minutes to do. It doesn't take that long. Um, but I was the kind of guy who had the, the tire pressure gauge on every single wheel and it all had to be perfect. In case I had a level one inspection, if I ever got pulled into a, what's called the, the scales, essentially the DOT. That's the Department of Transportation for anyone wondering. Um, what they'll do is they'll have these uh, scale houses. And if you're a truck driver, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Every state has them and they're ruthless. Um, especially if you're the kind of guy who doesn't give a damn about the pre-trip inspection or taking care of the truck, keeping it up to code and everything. What they'll do is they'll bring you in. If you're lucky, you get the green light after you go on the scale and that just means you go. But I've had moments where I'm on the truck, uh, I'm on the scale, the light turns red and they tell me, pull into this parking spot. And you have to because you are surrounded you are absolutely surrounded by police. You cannot get away from it. And if you try to, they'll hunt you down like hawks. They're they're brutal there, especially the ones in Texas. They don't fuck around. They really don't. And I almost tested their patience. Um, I had a friend who did. Didn't go well for him. But during my first um, full-on inspection, this was a level three, so it wasn't that bad. I think I'm getting a mix, but I'm gonna say level three for now. Um, I went in. And they had me come out of the truck, they get all my paperwork, they check my hours, they make sure I never went over, and if I did go over, I'll be slapped with a huge fine. Um, if enough issues are shown in the truck, they'll just pull me off completely and they'll say I'm not safe to go on the road. A lot of people have unfortunately been through that. Um, they, they didn't find any fault with the truck. And the funny part about an inspection is that for some reason, I don't know if this applies to anyone else. If any other truck drivers notice this, uh, let me know. But for me personally, every time I had an inspection, they would not smile or make eye contact. They would not do that. It was all business. If nothing was wrong with the truck, they would be happy. They'd be like, oh, all right, cool. All right, man, and thanks for coming in. No problems with the truck, you're doing good. I like that. Uh, mainly because when I was OTR, no one else to talk to, blah, 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 you get it. But I don't know. I noticed that for, for some reason, if it was just me in the truck, they would not smile, make eye contact. They would not give a damn if your dog Poochie was dying or whatever. It was, um, it was weird, but it happened to me twice. Every time I pass the inspection, because your boy cares about his truck. That's how I do it. Um, I've talked a lot about how unhealthy it is to truck drive because you'll be sitting there for a number of hours. Even if you do exercise and eat healthy, you're still sitting there for hours on end. Your calorie intake has to be really specific. I did the science when I was um, OTR. It didn't matter because I gained weight anyway, but that was um, probably the unhealthiest thing I did. A lot of truck drivers, uh, I mentioned cancer earlier. It wasn't just skin cancer. There's also lung cancer because unfortunately a lot of truckers will have the stress overwhelm them and they have to have these unhealthy coping habits um, like smoking or drinking a lot. That's just one of them. Unfortunately, there's some truck drivers who will do um, crack, basically, just straight up meth. Um, they'll be driving forever at that point. They don't have, they have paper logs so they could do whatever they want. They could lie to cops and they'll be driving until 
till their heart gives out. But there's a lot of unhealthy coping habits of um, in truck driving. I do feel like that has to be addressed more. It's really sad to see because I've seen a lot of people um, ravage their body. They were just incredibly fucked up near the end. I've seen this one guy who looked like a full-on crackhead. I think he was. Uh, I didn't even question it. But never pick a fight in a truck stop because you never know what they're on. Seriously, they're they're absolutely savage. If you're if they're if they're tripping out, I did have to deal with it a few times. Um, I don't know if I said it like that. I did have to deal with it a few times, um, but it wasn't um, it wasn't a big deal. A lot of the issues in truck driving, if you're at a truck stop that's really sketchy or just a regular one, even the even the bigger ones have that issue. Um, they could be resolved by simply locking the door, closing the curtains, you're not there. The moment you're out of sight, you're out of mind. That's how it works there. <sighs> and the final thing I want to bring up on my bullet point list is going to take up an entire podcast on its own. I'm going to um, I'm going to bring in some of my old trucking buddies. I have to do it for this. Okay? The ultimate debate in truck driving is manual versus automatic transmission. I had automatic transmission for one year and it was it was just like driving a car, regular automatic car. However, every truck driver will say the same thing. Manual gives you more control over the vehicle. And it's absolutely true because I've been driving manuals now for um, eight months. It is so fucking true. But every major company is switching over to automatic because it's cheaper to take care of. And that's a bit of a problem for me. I mean, it's the modern world. What can you do? Shit happens. Having said that, I do think automatic does have its place because anyone driving a manual uh, through a big city, specifically Los Angeles, Houston, Salt Lake City, Cheyenne, you know what I'm talking about when I say switching gears in traffic is a nightmare because you'll be doing it a lot. Um, when you're in an automatic, you don't have to deal with that situation, at least not as much. Um, there are some issues with the automatic. For example, if you're going downhill and you have your jakes on, it'll keep going. And that's a huge problem for me because automatic trucks should not do that if you're driving down a hill, specifically because you actually let go of the gas, the, the accelerator. Uh, you let go of it and the truck being so heavy and downhill, gravity kicks in and that shit is really dangerous. Uh, I've had situations before where unfortunately my jakes did um, start giving out and I had to use my regular brakes. It was scary. And again, you have to have big balls in this industry. I, I'll admit it. I'll be the bigger man. I do not have big balls. Okay. That's me being completely honest about, about the industry. Um, a lot of these people are crazy too. When you're going downhill, they'll go really fast and that's incredibly dangerous because you lose control very quickly on a downhill grade, especially if they're really long. If you're near the end, I get it. Like you could see the, the end is near, just, just drive at that point. Downhill driving was my least favorite thing to do. It wasn't too bad in a lot of places. Uh, the grapevine is one of my biggest fears because I almost crashed there. Uh, my brakes, my jakes gave out at one point and I had to use my brakes. And in a truck, the way the brakes work is they'll actually, they use a lot of friction in the wheels. So they'll actually start heating up the more you use them. 
and mine started heating up to the point where they started not working properly. And um, it sucked, it really did. They also use um, PSI, um, air pressure. And it was, um, it was not years ago, but it was in my earlier days of driving. I remember that day, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't miss it, I don't miss that day. A lot of things about OTR driving I don't miss. There's a lot that I do. The sights, Arizona. Arizona when the when the sun is setting and the sky is just this beautiful color. It's just amber. It's it's great. I do miss that. I'll I'll be completely honest. I don't really talk about this too much, but if there's one thing I want to see again, it's the Arizona sunsets because there's nothing just there's nothing like them and uh, I'm getting a little emotional but hey that's what happens on this podcast huh I mean it's just me talking anyway into a damn mic um, but that's that's the um, that's the podcast <laughs> I'm out of stuff on my bullet point list there's quite a bit I missed there's a lot more to it than just everything I said today but that would take hours to record and I don't have hours I also don't have the patience for that I mean I, I, I got through all of this because I'm really passionate about this industry I do like it a bit I like the people who work for them they're not all the best but hey they all have the struggles and if you're listening to this thanks for reaching the end uh, greatly appreciate you guys hearing all the way up to the end um, <laughs> this was um, this was fun to record this is going to be uh, posted on Friday. I'm actually pre-recording this. I'm not going to post it right away like I usually do. Usually I post it and immediately um, after recording. This one I am going to have to tweak some things. Unfortunately, Audacity has started to fuck up on my um, on my PC or on my Mac anyway. And I might have to get a new microphone. I did try to install another one, but it didn't go well. So that's going to be an issue for another day. Um, I will address it on my side. Don't worry about it. As usual, I'll be posting this on my Instagram, uh, my Snapchat, and other social media. I'm not too sure if I'm going to make a Facebook ever. Uh, I deleted mine years ago, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's going to do it for this podcast. I'm hoping that I helped someone out. Anyone who wanted to decide to be OTR, anyone who reconsidered, both options are good. Don't worry about it. Um, they always say that truck drivers are the unsung heroes of the U.S. And I hear that and I think that's kind of funny because there are truck drivers all over the world. Uh, mostly, I've actually seen a lot of stories from people in Australia. I actually want to go and like talk to some of them because their stories sound way crazier than mine. But that's probably further down along the line, you know, if this thing takes off. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for this podcast hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I'll be having this out uh, a bit later than usual, but that's fine. Um, See ya.